Alright, welcome back. Welcome back to Greenbox Gaming Plays, not Delta Green Impossible Landscapes. Oh, what's that about? Oh yeah, what, what's going on? We are here at the Christmas D&D one-shot. Yay! Boom! That... <laughs> We're, doing, we're, we're wild new people, some observers as well, uh, who may be heard chuckling or um, cringing in the background. Can you, can it's you? a live show. It's a, it's a live show. In front of, wow. How is it not a live show? Live studio audience. <laughs> I, I imagine that someone will at some point in time cringe hard enough to be heard. So I'm... Right. I'm <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, so of course we've got... Uh, I'm Joe, and I'm joined by my good friend, Jean. Hello! Uh, and we're not going to talk about his character quite yet. Uh, we're we're going to do a little bit of a recap and talk about everyone's character. Talk, mm. We're joined by Brad. Hello. We're joined by Dace. Howdy. And our our, our special guest player today very is special. Uh, very <laughs> special. <laughs> very special. <player. laughs> is uh, someone that we've talked about on the podcast. Uh, you might not have known that, but we have talked about you. Uh, and the the special chaotic energy that you bring, our good friend. Robert. Hello! There. <laughs> He's already merged with this character. <laughs> Him and his character have already become one. So, uh, guys, it's been it's been two years. It's been two years since we last got together. Jean was not with us at the time. Nope. Uh, before, when we did the, the holiday one-shots, we did them at Thanksgiving before. Uh, but it was uh, me, Brad, Dace, and Robert. And uh, But now we were joined by, uh, by Jean. Yeah. I can't remember... This might have been the first, like, serious D&D thing I did. I can't remember, did uh, your campaign come before this? Ooh, I think so. Okay, was, was Skystone, did we start, did you do your Skystone That was after this. After we started doing this. Yeah. yeah. Was it, Enterprises is, like, in conjunction with the one-shots. Okay. Wasn't it? It's in the same world. Yeah. It's in the same, it's a homebrew world. Okay. So it's in the same thing. Like, time-wise. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, What's we the lore? It's the, a dense lore, an extremely dense lore that is completely chopped up and stolen from other already established lore, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is just fine. It's like a Marvel. Yeah, it's like it's basically yeah, Marvel. Yeah, that's the same thing. We're all that's right. We're just as good as the MCU. No, 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 no. <laughs> that oh, absolutely no comparison. We are so much better. We're probably so, better now, actually. Absolutely. Better production quality. <laughs> better storyline. Better everything. Yeah. CGI is out of this world. <laughs> Our CGI is just like, whew, <laughs> so good. Yeah, so those of you listening, um, we uh, you might notice it might be a little echoey. There might be some background noise and whatnot. Uh, this is just kind of a slapdash together, uh, but we were going to get together and play this, and we thought it would be kind of funny to record it and see how it goes. I hope it's not a mega nightmare to edit, but we'll figure that out later. So uh, do you guys want to jump? Like, right I want to recap. You want to recap? I want to recap. Yeah, okay. Yeah, actually, oh, yeah, I, I need a recap. Did you? Oh no! I, I never actually I gave you those. the recordings yeah. of the other ones. Oh yeah. man! So me That's on and me. our listeners. That's right. Yes, for we everyone else, and especially for Jean, who's now and here playing. The live audience. <laughs> and our live audience. We need a laughter sign. A pity laughter sign. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, our track Our story. Begins. Uh, our characters are in a pretty typical, uh, but yet homebrew kind of D and D fifth edition setting uh, called the Silver Empire. Um, our team, uh, who consists of Leon, the alchemist, played by none other than Brad, by Polo Marco, 
the halfling assassin, played by our one and only Robert. And, of course, the one and only Tamp Ramchamp. Our Minotaur... Uh, what is it? Minotaur Barbarian? Is that right? For now. For now, yes. Ooh, let's just call it what it, He's a piece of shit. <laughs> let's, call, let's call him what he is. He might be reliant on a particular arcane um, substance to keep him going. Uh, that might be part of it. Uh, the first time, you guys were all uh, kind of a, a ragtag group have come together. Uh, under the direction of a local kind of like uh, militia leader who basically told you, hey, listen, I can't remember if you, I think you guys all owed a bunch of money to the town. I think that's what it was. Um, and basically told, hey, like, we'll forgive all of your parking tickets if you'll go and figure out what's going on with the, uh, with the uh, caravan route through this forest. Uh, you guys went in there and stumbled upon a, uh, this interesting kind of uh, druidic figure by the name of only Bill. Uh, Bill, who... And then you then found out that all throughout this forest was this infestation of gnolls. Not just any gnolls, that the, that the gnolls seem to be able to spread gnollism, question mark, uh, to other canines, and it was basically becoming this weird plague of like gnoll. Yeah, they're like they're hyena, uh, like bipedal okay. hyena monsters. Uh, you then found out that Bill was not just a druid. He was actually a bit of a, almost like a demigod level character, and that the forest was Bill, that the entirety of the forest was Bill, and at its heart, and therefore at Bill's heart, was this infestation. So you actually had to travel down into and find his, like, god heart, and kill the Knoll infestation, the, I'm sorry, the demonic Yanoga uh, infestation therein. Uh, you guys managed to do that. And uh, didn't, didn't Polo Marco like single-handedly take on? Yes, uh, Polo Marco, our wonderful halfling. Um, well, we'll talk about the characters here in a second. <laughs> <laughs> our, our wonderful halfling assassin basically buzzsawed through the center of like, one of these giant gnolls. There's like no tension at the end. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> just right through. Unleashed him. <laughs> You just wind him up and let him go, man. Which is just because assassins are so powerful. He's very good at one thing. Right. <laughs> and He's very, very good at one thing. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so then the next year when we came back and we did it again, uh, you guys had found yourself in a little bit of a different situation. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Leon had set up an alchemy shop, right? Yeah, I, an absinthe bar. And I think, actually, the uh, Bill gave all of us something. Yes. And one of them... He gave Leon like a spriggan that like that he could make absinthe out yes, of basically. Yes, I don't know. I don't remember what he gave y'all. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tamp just asked for arcane. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm sure, I'm sure Tamp just ended up with a bunch of drugs, <laughs> which he immediately did. Yeah, which he just consumed. It's like the cliffhanger is like we didn't know if he OD'd, we didn't know if he'd be back for the next year. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Polo Marco got introduced to a family of red caps. Yes! Uh, who he went off and joined with uh, murderous, uh, chaotic, evil uh, murder gnomes. I had to arm a red hat. That's yes. such a happy ending. It yeah. is. Isn't that it? sounds it's, perfect. It's, it's he, not the family Polo? you're born with, it's the family you choose. <laughs> That's right. Bunch of little murderous gnomes. <laughs> so, so the next year uh, we came back, Leon had his shop. Polo Marco, I believe, was living in a doghouse in the back. That is correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tamp, in the meantime, uh, with that vast trove that he had, he took the last, the, he took the last 
bit of, like, the last gold coin to his name, bought a lottery ticket, and hit it rich. Uh, and then won the lottery, which then caused all of his uh, Minotaur cousins and extended family to all come out of the wood woodwork in order to try to uh, squeeze money out of him. Which then created basically a situation where there was basically a trailer park uh, all around uh, Leon's shop. Really decreased the property value. Yeah, really messed with the property value. <laughs> that is classist, sir. I will not have that slander against my family. Uh, I don't even think Tamp likes his family. I believe there's there is a plethora of illegitimate children from, from Tamp. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, then, they, then they were summoned to help another character, another uh, another entity with another problem, recommended by Bill, after all the great work they'd done by him, um, they actually were summoned uh, into an extra-dimensional extra space uh, to assist Rolf. Uh, Rolf, who is an artificer, uh, kind of like... Also a demigod type. <laughs> also basically a high-level like uh, character, who basically told them, hey... Um, I can't tell you why necessarily, but I kind of need you to go fix something for me. And I know I could do it, but I can't go there. So, uh, and, and they didn't ask any questions. <laughs> they just, they went. just went. Wow. He was a likable guy. They went and they found themselves in this giant underground cavern. A cavern that's so large that basically is the outside. Um, in what appeared to be, and here's the thing, and keep in mind, like taking the meta knowledge out of it, you know, to them, they're a bunch of fantasy world characters. They don't know what World War II trenches look like, or World War I trenches look like. They don't know that this, they didn't know if this giant uh, metallic machine was actually a piece of artillery, a piece of dwarven artillery. Um, and they find that they are at this giant battlefield where there's no one left. Um, and they, uh, they start searching around, they find this big temple, they're like, maybe we should go in there. And they end up actually alerting the dwarves to their presence and basically getting an artillery barrage called in on themselves and have to escape that, which was a lot of fun. They then find out that within the temple uh, is this kind of grand story about how Rolf himself came in and actually created, uh, <laughs> basically, basically came in and was supposed to help these two great houses fight each other, but all he did was give them the same weapons and just created an even worse situation. <laughs> just an arms that. dealer. Yeah, he basically is an arms dealer. Okay. But he's uh, like worshipped as a god of modern yeah, technology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he eventually, and so he basically made the situation even worse, and then left. Uh, and then, but they had uh, one of his students had stolen a piece of equipment that's very important to him. They go in, they find the students who have all gone insane, and have all uh, started basically, uh, I think, feeding body parts into a giant uh, arcane wood chipper in order yeah. to in order to to feed some type of awfulness. It doesn't really matter at this point. But you guys managed to uh, kill the cultist, uh, return uh, Rolf's, uh, uh, what would you call that? His, uh, his mechanical dog. creature. His mechanical dog creature. It's a, yes, dog. Thank you for that, Bradley. Uh, <laughs> what, what was that thing that wizards and witches have? What, that creature? That familiar. Was, familiar, yeah. Kind of like his familiar. Um, and at the end of that, Rolf basically said, hey, I'll do whatever you guys want. Like, what do you want? I want to reward you. Uh, he did give Tamp some drugs, uh, but he asked Leon, he said, Leon, what do you want? And Leon said, I want my shop out of this damn trailer park. <laughs> and he said, great, where do you want to go? And I believe, I believe Leon's response was something to the effect of, straight to the tippy top. 
I want to go to the capital city, to Highwall City itself. And oh boy, did he oblige. Uh, you guys found your, your shop having crashed into the middle of what is essentially Times Square uh, of the fantasy world. Uh, and I believe the last thing that was said as Leon switched the sign from closed to open in the middle of the chaos of a building suddenly appearing where there once wasn't one. Just, Le Polos is open. <laughs> <laughs> Roll credits. Roll credits. Yeah. So that's where it was last time. So... On that note, real quick, let's hear a little bit about these characters. We'll start with Leon. Tell us, tell us a little um, bit about Leon. Leon is French. Is that and it? And that's basically that's it. it. <laughs> that's uh, it. Personality. That's his <laughs> it's so French. Okay, we do uh, have, we do have some French also, listeners, uh, so let's listen. I guess cool. <laughs> uh, basically, he's selfish and just wants a lot of money, specifically to run the best absinthe bar in the world. Yeah, he's, so. he's an entrepreneur. Right. Okay. And um, why does he hang out with these guys? I don't think I don't he think wants he to. <laughs> I think he originally thought he could use them, but uh, <laughs> after two years, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> right. I mean, he's using Tamp. Tamp's the dishwasher. Yeah, yeah, Tamp. Oh, yeah, Tamp was a dishwasher. That's right. Yeah. Match made and Lapolo is like, I maybe his son? Adopted yeah, son? You know, you can't leave me. <laughs> it, it, it goes between like adopted son to like a, pet. a, a pest. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's there's a weird dynamic between yeah. you. Yeah. You have okay. some themes, Brad, between your characters. <laughs> yeah, you tend to collect. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. All right, well, let's hear about let's hear about uh, Polo Marco. I didn't even see the. Tell us about Polo Marco, okay. Robert. All right, so Polo Marco, <clears throat> Polo Marco, he is a halfling. <laughs> <laughs> He's a halfling, and um. He has a baby face, so that's where he gets in. <laughs> I didn't know this. He this looks is like, new to me. Does he just look like a child? So yes, he looks like an innocent child, you know, and this loving, caring infant. So that's how he slips in. But this is not, this is not the vibe I was getting. <laughs> no, no, he's he's very loyal to his friends, okay. to his family. Very Chucky vibe. Yes, okay. like if you're within his good graces and he's with you, he'll die for you. But if you're not, he's just one of them. He'll murder you. <laughs> what, what would you say? What would you say? Polo Marco's primary motivation is the redder, the redder's cap. The, <laughs> the more blood, yeah, the more the redder the better. <laughs> more blood. Just so blood. He's just basically a, a, a void that is only filled by murder. Pretty much. With no personality. He wants to fill that empty hole motivation. in his soul. <laughs> you gotta fill it with something. Okay, and of course, what? And don't tell us about necessarily what's happened to Tamp since then. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, what about Tamp? Well, tell us about Tamp. Uh, Tamp is a barbarian minotaur. He was inspired by a meth head that we grew up with. <laughs> that for some reason, my dad kept hiring to do odd jobs. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, um, this is kind of funny. I was just looking at his stats. Despite being a minotaur, he's 5'10 and 140. <laughs> no, because I think it was because he was so strung out, right? Yeah, he like, <laughs> uh, yeah, something happened to him. Yeah. Um, that's him in a nutshell. He's just a, he's a method. He's a method. Well, we, we kind of have, uh, we kind of uh, borrowed um, Arcane, which was a, uh, a magical, a magical drug. Uh, well, 
what was that? Po- uh, from NADPOD, right? Yeah. Like, that was something Pod. they came up with Pod that we, we always thought was really funny. Podcast. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Great, great podcast. Great. Um, but yeah. So, and uh, last but not least, let's hear about, uh, and let me. No, maybe he needs to. Needs do, to do, you the phrase, do you want to see it? Do you want to see it can come in organically? Yeah. Maybe. Let's do that. Let's do that. character. Okay. Because also, I just don't know what he's going to look or sound like yet, but. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He'll emerge. Okay. <laughs> he right. he doesn't emerge. have stats, character. <laughs> yeah. I'll roll We'll just right see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Looks like he's a rolls dice. An elf! Oh. <laughs> Are yep. you proud of how seriously we've treated this world that you've created from scratch? Here's the thing like, there are parts of this world which are really grim. And uh, you guys are just like this bright, shining, like little, uh, little, little blip of just uh, you guys are just enjoying yourselves. I think that's great. So, sure are. Uh, let me actually. Set you didn't my, answer the question. I did not. No. Uh, <laughs> let me actually just set a set a timer here so I can see how long we go. All right. Last time, like I said, the last thing that happened was that Lepolos, which was uh, Leon's shop, crashed into the middle of this giant square in the busiest city on the busiest street probably on the entire planet. Um, so, real quick, just, just polling, polling everyone here. Do you think there would be any problems if something like that happened? Mm-hmm. D&D, that shit happens all the time. It happens yeah. all the time, right. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially in the busiest city. Yeah, right. I'm sure they don't have rules. About that kind of thing, uh, you know. Pedestrians in this world. Pedestrians. Yep. Hmm, that's couple, weird. Yeah. Even in fantasy world, there are pedestrians. Okay. Not in that particular. Area Not in that or, spot. If there's no okay, if there's no body, how can they prove someone died? That's my question. Well, that's the thing. They can still count them missing. In fact, in uh, the biggest city in the world. In fact, they can bullshit. say that seven were for, were for sure killed. Uh, two, oh, this two were wounded, and four have disappeared into a so probably a transdimensional void. Uh, so, um, so that happened. Uh, needless to say, the chaos on that day, uh, which we're going to go with, canonically happened two years ago. Um, the chaos that was wrought on that day still lives on. They probably have built a monument. At this point in the place, they tore down well, the they, polos. I mean, they tore down the shop. Any oh. press is good press. That's a good press. You don't have an established <laughs> anymore. Your shop's gone. Why? <laughs> you missed that. They, they, they tore, tore it down. down. <laughs> they tore it down. <laughs> oh, I wish you guys could have seen his face. Right face. <laughs> <laughs> Disappointed. <laughs> the shop is gone, man. I'm sorry. It's like, well, here's but here's the thing. You don't necessarily know that. Because you guys have been in prison for the last two years. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so, you haven't seen it. Um, but there's a lovely monument. It's very nice. A very tasteful. A monument? Yes, not to you guys. Not to the people to who the died. restaurant. Okay. Not no, 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 no. To the people who died. <laughs> so, okay. So, anyway, you guys... Um, Are we in the same cell? <laughs> we'll get there. Hold on. It's about to bitch slap. So, actually, that happened about two years ago. Um, you guys are uh, now um, residents, we'd say, of the Imperial Penitentiary, um, a little place that is colloquially known as One Stone Prison. Um, it, because it is, the entire prison is carved out of the living stone that exists beneath the capital city. It literally is one ginormous contiguous stone. Uh, the stone is unnaturally uh, resistant to 
basically all magical effects and most normal effects too. And being sentenced to hard time at one stone uh, is to be sentenced to a lifetime of chiseling away bit by tiny incremental bit to expand the prison that you're actually living in. It's said that a man who lives an entire life in one stone will have will carve out just enough room for his own tomb. Oh. So it is uh Sheesh. it's not a super cool place, <laughs> basically. I think it's a bit much. I think it's a bit much <laughs> for what we did. Seven dead, <laughs> two wounded, four unaccounted for. When you really think about it, have we gotten to appeal? Like, are we going through the process? Well, here's the thing. You, I'm glad you asked because you have been in in court for the last two years, and it has become. Imagine the OJ case stretched out that long. Like it is. He had to go with that case, huh? What? What? I'm just thinking of a big important case. Do you have a better case? Wait, does that mean we're famous? You're infamous. See, o, you see, the difference is OJ was famous beforehand, so you guys weren't. Now you're just nefarious. Uh, so you guys have been uh, have been in here and just in and out of courts. And when you ask about your lawyer, the problem is, is you've had many lawyers because they keep getting assassinated. Um, it turns out the public outcry against you as a group is pretty massive. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about what you guys have been doing in prison for the last two years. Any ideas? Uh, what you just, see, I have an idea for... I have an idea for all three of you if you if you don't have anything that you'd like. Uh, I th- I thought, and the funny thing is, the idea I had for you is exactly what you went with. Okay. <laughs> okay, I, I, I think I know what Tampa's been up to for the past two years. What has Tampa been up like, to? <laughs> well, he, uh, he sort of hit rock bottom and maybe he couldn't find Arcane Pun in prison. Intended. Yeah. There you go. Right, right, there you go. Never been um, Yeah, it got so bad, he just was like, he got into the dick sucking game. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. So he could get arcane. He's like, I've been sucking. <laughs> I've been sucking. We, we don't have to dicks. talk. How about we? We don't have to talk about this. I don't. We don't want to talk about the fellatio. Sucking. My virgin dick. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, one time I sucked a beholder's dick. <laughs> you know what a beholder's dick looks like? I do. And let me tell you something. When I was down there sucking on that slime and pecker, no. there weren't no, no beauty in them eyes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but then. But then. I found God. You <laughs> Tamp found God. I got clean. It got clean. I was renewed, born again, born under again. the light of the God whose name I wrote down in a note card. <laughs> it was Lathander. Lathander. The morning star. The morning Lord himself. Morning Lord himself. Oh, oh man. God, so, so Tamp, Tamp has found the morning Lord. Is he like leading groups? And- Praise him. Okay. Did you get his GD yet? Like, what's what's He's going on? He's been going to community college classes. Yeah. Getting his life together. Wow. Is he? Uh, is he put on some weight? Is he? Uh, is he looking better? Does he wear glasses now? I imagine he's wearing like a pair of glasses. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> He's found the sickest pair of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so, so effectively, mechanically, what has happened to Tam? Uh, his, I've given him two levels in Paladin. Okay. Uh, multi-class for the first time in my life. And uh, and I. And I don't envy you because of that, uh, because juggling that That's mechanically is a is, is, is a struggle. But yeah, 
Well, cool. All right. Um, would you like to hear my uh, what I thought about for po- for Apollo? Yes. Apollo Markham. So here's the thing. Every prison has a hole, right? You know, solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. They don't call it the hole anymore. Now they call it the hell hole. <laughs> and because Polo Marco went down there <laughs> about two years ago and hasn't come back out. <laughs> <laughs> and whenever they send anyone else down there, they don't come out either. <laughs> It's said that it's a bit of a swamp down there now. The problem is there's no water. So they don't they don't know exactly what's going on. Who feeds him? <laughs> I think they just throw prisoners down into there every now and then. Oh, it's like that scene from The Descent. Yeah. Ooh, oh, that scene. Blood pool. Oh, I know you're talking it. about. Yeah. Ooh, that's He's a bad in one. heaven. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how, how do you think Polo Marco has handled the last uh, two years? They, they do, they do, like... Uh, like throw a line down there every now and then, fish you out for court every now and then. Probably <laughs> <laughs> just sits there and stares innocently and dreams about his times in the hellhole. <laughs> I mean, he's probably—he's in his element. He's in his element. He's found his people. They give him people to kill. <laughs> you know, he's he, found his people that he, that he can kill. <laughs> Welcome. Come <laughs> there. No we monster. have a tea party. <laughs> <laughs> Sit that's down. So <laughs> he's, like, he's like drinking out of human skulls. <laughs> yes, that is perfect. He's been enjoying life down in that. You know, the, when, the when, he comes, when he comes up to court, he gets to see, you know, uh, Leon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he gets to reconnect. I don't, <laughs> did you guys ever go down and visit the hellhole? Or? Uh, Leon's probably like... Uh, have y'all seen Apocalypse Now? Yeah. <laughs> he's probably like that. The beginning scene where he's like... He looks at his boys like, what is this place called? One Stone. One Stone. Still in One Stone. <laughs> <laughs> what Every about, day what? I think I'm going to wake up back in that trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> I would give anything for that trailer park now. <laughs> you, don't, you don't value the trailer park you have until you lose it. Yeah. Until you lose it. That's, That's, what what That's what they say. That's what they say. So what about Leon? What's Leon been up to? Basically that reciting the beginning of Apocalypse now. Every yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Leon, um, Leon is still an artificer. I mean, there's money to be made, even in prison, you know? Yeah, and then after he's gained the ability to, since he's level 7, to see invisibility, that's the big thing. Okay. And he got that from splashing his eyes with acid after seeing camp. <laughs> So many people's dicks. <laughs> As he, so he's going from brewing absinthe to gru- brewing Pruno? In the toilet. Like, pr- in prison the toilet. Right? Yeah, he's, he's making, making toilet a... acid <laughs> wine. Toilet, toilet wine. Do, right. get, do they get any yard time? It seems like they do. No, there's no yard. <laughs> there's no yard. Okay. There's no yard. Right. It sounds like this it is like just straight yeah, It's just straight down. Okay. Um, so, uh, to last, um, so here's the thing. If you were to ask anyone on the street, tell us about the uh, and the, the day it happened. You know, uh, they, the day it all happened, the day that uh, that Lapolo's uh, crash, and they call you guys the uh, Lapolo Four, right? But here's the problem: oh, yeah. there was three of you. There was only three of you actually. Tell I wonder me what happened to Rolf. What happened? Oh, Rolf didn't come with you. Oh, yeah. No, no, Rolf didn't come oh. with you. Rolf seems smarter than this much. <laughs> Rolf, Rolf sent you guys ahead. <laughs> yes. Rolf did. But uh, here's the thing. Um, it turns out there was someone there uh, 
there on this like there on the high street. Um, someone who had already had a run-in or two with the law, um, and kind of... There are some conspiracy theories that he was just there minding his own business and just accidentally got caught up in this whole thing. Uh, but most people dismiss that, and he's obviously a miscreant and a, uh, uh, just a, a public nuisance. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about... <laughs> I might get the, the name wrong. Um, Don't mess up the pronunciation. Is is there a pronunciation issue? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, uh, go ahead and tell us about... Is it... Blaze Mech... Is it Rizzle? Razzle. Razzle. Blaze McRazzle. Blaze McRazzle. Tell us a little bit about Blaze McRazzle. He's a smooth, smooth-talking lizard, basically. <laughs> He's... Uh, He's been in the marketplace for a long time, and not on the marketplace, but in the literal marketplace where things. The town square. The like town square. He's been, okay. he's been in the town square. He's pretty much grown up in the town square, and he had a little shop at one point, but um, he what found kind of a shop. He was selling all the oils that you need to make yourself feel better. So literally a snake oil. Snake oil. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I do, they, do they, do they yeah, milk these like, snakes? Like, like his skin, every morning he just, he'd like pat it down and then wring it out into these little bottles. And Was there crystals more. involved too? No. Oh, well, because no. Blaze is a dragonborn. Yeah. A green dragonborn. Theory. In theory? Mm, there's some speculation about his origins. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. But he's pretty much a snake oil salesman, but he's also kind of elevated himself to being a bit of a thief, and he's kind of become a bit obsessed about it. Yeah. And he found himself in the same little region of space and time mm-hmm. when the disaster happened. So he's pretty much at, at what, ground zero yeah. for this whole thing. Was he like the first customer, like... Like, we opened the shop, and he came in, and had, like, <laughs> while everybody's just, running around, and man... He like, came in, and, yeah, and I was like... And so then when the guards showed up, they're like, you four! And you're like, oh! No, oh, I, think, no. I think he was literally... had two of his large talons right on as somebody's, like, like, on the back purse of somebody, and then they just exploded. <laughs> they just and there was a door where that said, open. Now open. He was at the like front Like, when they door. showed up, like, the front and half just, of Blaze was just covered just in viscera. Blood, yeah. Yeah. Leon okay. was, like, taping the first coin of the shop, like, on the <laughs> cash register. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's it's been a... And, you know, and hard time has been hard. You know, it's been hard. Like, you guys have had to, had to fight for survival, literally. You know, it's like they kind of... Uh, I kind of just throw you guys all in here, let you, let you sort it out yourself. Uh, but the four of you are still very much alive, despite even some pretty organized assassination attempts on you in the prison. Um, but yeah, so but did we make friends? No. No. Did we make enemies? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing, as far as Polo Polo Marco is involved, is concerned, everyone's his friend. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, but it has been the trial of the century for over two years. It's, it's become, and the last, uh, and you guys, like I said, have been going into court like at least once a month, sometimes two or three times a month, being pulled out of one stone, you know, <laughs> given a cheap, a cheap suit and put up there, you know, like in the actual courtroom. Um, and the last, over the last three months, things have started to move very, very quickly because supposedly the emperor himself was, became 
a little bit tired of this being a thing. And so actually dispatched a member of the Inquisition in order to uh, ensure that the trial goes a little faster and a little smoother. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, the Inquisitors are, um, they are considered to be not just lawyers or judges. They are considered to be the law embodied, the law incarnate. That they spend their lives dedicated like monks to understanding every facet of order and law that keeps the empire together. And they have a tendency to be a little heavy-handed uh, because of this. They're empowered. Judge Dreddy. Yeah, look, think very Judge Dreddy. Think very street judge type. The specific uh, inquisitor who's been dispatched to deal with you, your particular case is a dragonborn by the name of Malpheus Iconicus, who is uh, who has been very quick to dispatch, both from the prosecution and from the defense, anything that does not match the absolute letter of the law. Uh, does not believe in the spirit of the law, only the letter. Uh, but you guys find yourself today, again, in front of none other than the Honorable Judge Phineas Biddlecreek, uh, who is a gnome himself, and looks upon you all from his high chair, which has a booster seat uh, <laughs> stuck underneath it, so you can actually see over the rail. Um, and once again, he calls you in. As you guys are lined up there at the bench, like at the table where you sit before the judge, uh, and by the way, uh, the entirety of the, what do you call it, the audience, you know, like for the jury. court case? Not the jury, but like, you know, the people who just observe it? Yeah. Um, no one's allowed to sit there anymore because you guys have had too many knives thrown at you <laughs> at this point. It just, they just don't allow people in there anymore. Uh, you guys are very surprised to see as you come in. Um, you're very surprised to see two people sitting there. Um, and, I, and there should be a third, by the way. should be your lawyer. Uh, but you were told shortly before you're let in that, once again, your lawyer has been murdered. <laughs> so sorry. You know, and they're running out of public defenders. You guys are really going through them. Um, well, as we're shuffling in, I'll, I'll be like, all right, Mark, uh, Polo, remember, no pissing this time. Do not piss on anyone. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's, it's been a perpetual problem. Pam, tuck those udders in. We got to make a good impression. My what's in? The udders, the titties. <laughs> wait, 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 do you have udders? I'm sorry, brother. I wasn't aware that I had udders, but I guess I canonically do have udders. Well, I am not the... Uh, I am not the, a cow, so I do not know. I don't know what they're called. Uh, and, uh, um... Taff's extremely uh, self-conscious. Uh, <laughs> Dazzle, uh, Dazzle, what would you say? Uh, Blazy. Blazy. Blazy? Yes, you can call um, me Blazy, but we've been here for... Are you French, too? Apparently, I am. It's an English language. Where are you from? This is actually excellent. He's going to be a chameleon. He's going to just talk like however... Over the last yes. person he talked to, that's what he's going to talk about. I, too. I yes. would appreciate Blazy. if you did not mock me. No, <laughs> it is not mocking. You know me. What do you want? Uh, Here! I, yeah? I'm going to you a white duelist glove. A white what? A duelist glove. Oh, a du oh. Okay, I take oh, it. Oh, do I slap him across yeah. the face? I take it. <laughs> and then I slap Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know why. Maybe it's because I have not. I just met you, but I like you more than them too. So, if we get the chance, we should leave them. 
I, I love the idea that you guys have been going to court with this guy for the last two and years, just don't, and this don't is the know. first time you've ever spoken to him. Yeah, so we, we don't know him well. I mean, he's been in prison with you. You certainly could have like developed a relationship with him of some type. Okay. I've been listening to you people for the last... <laughs> Two years talking about sucking dicks, <laughs> killing people. That was a lifetime ago. I've changed mentor. <laughs> and one of you just says the same thing every morning. <laughs> but I'm glad here. I'm glad we're here. I'm sure we'll get out today. Yeah. But uh, so 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 here's the thing. Um, uh, a week ago, when you guys were here in court last time, they actually delivered the verdict. Oh, uh, it was guilty. You you guys you guys are guilty. Uh, they, oh, well, that's <laughs> yeah. They, they actually determined that you guys are responsible uh, for the murder of all these people. Technically, it was I, Roth that cast that spell. Okay, that's fine. Unfortunately, no one can seem to find him. Uh, damnedest thing, transdimensional warp wizards. Uh, they can't lay hands on him. Uh, anyway, but also, so I know Blaze doesn't say anything about this, even though he wasn't involved and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's got some. Uh, he's saddled with debts that he doesn't want to really. It's better for him to be in prison for this long, having murdered people, supposedly, than it is Supposed to answer to the people who he needs to answer to. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but today is really all about sentencing. You know that today is the big day. You're going to find out what happens to you. Um, so as you guys go to sit down, they said there are these two people sitting in the chairs right behind where you are. One of them is a tiefling. Is that this kind of deep purple skin, kind of this like skinny, like androgynous looking male tiefling with black horns that go directly back, like sweep back along his skull. And he's picking his black nails. Did he used to be a piece of shit? What? <laughs> what is that from? Sloppy steaks. It's what? Sloppy steaks. Oh, the sloppy steaks, that guy. Oh, Slick yeah. back hair. Yeah. yeah. Slick back hair. Uh, he's picking his nails and sitting beside <laughs> him. Is uh, is a young man, a young human man by all looks, um, who looks to be um, he looks to be wearing the uh, cloak of a barrister or of a lawyer, um, but he look it looks like it looks like a kid wearing his dad's clothes. Like it's ill fitting. It's obviously meant for a larger, probably more mature man. Um, he's skinny and he is sweating so much. He he looks miserable. Is this the lawyer? It's a lawyer. It's not your lawyer. Okay. Um, and as you uh, as you go to sit, and then uh, the Honorable Judge Phineas Brittle Creek comes in. Everyone rises. Everyone sits. His first thing he says, as you guys are all sitting here, he says, says, "All right, uh, defendants. I uh, see that uh, you have that your reputation has managed to deprive the good people of the Silver Empire of another public defender." Um, <laughs> Great work. We'll just add that to the tally, I suppose. Um, unfortunately, uh, we still have work to do. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and deliver that, that judgment now. And as he says that, uh, the Inquisitor sitting in a... Like, the Inquisitor doesn't have a place in court. And he's literally just been sitting in a chair next to the judge. Like, very kind of... Uh, kind of pushing himself into that position. And the Inquisitor stands up. Uh, he says, uh, Your Honor, I am afraid that these gentlemen must have representation. It is not appropriate. You understand. <laughs> the uh, Judge Brittle Creek rolls his eyes theatrically and goes, he says, I suppose at this point we can afford to delay another few days. Uh, 
At that point in time, the um, the tiefling leans forward, and he he probably will say he uh, he pokes Leon in the back with his long black nail, and says, "You have representation here. Tell them, tell them you have another lawyer." Excuse me, I'm about to be sentenced to death. Uh, good day. If you do, <laughs> <laughs> if you do not want, trust me. You have friends in high places, Leon. This guy seems reliable. <laughs> Smell him, Polo. Tell me. <laughs> so good! <laughs> smell, he smells great. Uh, mm, what do you think, Tamp? You're the one with horns. He's got uh, horns, too. Uh, as a fellow person of being with horns, I think he's on the up and up, and he's quite literally our only eye. <laughs> uh, can I, can I, can I speak to the my blood brother? No, no, not you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, the the inquisitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the no. same. With the, you there? <laughs> you there, he, brother? He, he looks at you uh, from across the way and just sticks a sticks a scaled finger up to his lips and a and a and a the universal gesture of shut the hell up. <laughs> well, uh, are you familiar with our case? Uh, what is your name? My name is Ejvar. This will be your lawyer. His name is Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, Stephen. Hi. <laughs> um, you gonna be our represent representation? Oh yeah, I got it. <laughs> Ready to go, locked and loaded. Where did you get your degree from? Uh, let me check. He opens his like has a bunch of papers with him. He opens it and pulls out a very freshly minted certificate and says, "Uh, looks like the uh, High Wall City uh, Community College of Law." Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking pansy. <laughs> We're dead. We're done. That's it. Well, listen, guys, I got this. I got this, guys. Look, I know you don't know me. You have no reason to trust me, but I got it. This is not going to be something where you get us out of this and then in replay we have to go on a quest. (laughs) 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 No, I I I don't think that's going to work. I will remember this. Exactly like that. I will remember this. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, like, uh... And the the tiefling... (laughs) puts his hand on, on the man's face and pushes it back and says, and says, says, says trust me, we, uh, the situation for you is dire, uh, but we are going to get you out of here. Uh, it might be complicated, but we have a, a scheme. Who, 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 do you work, who, who are you working with there? Oh, I would concern yourself. Roll me like some type of a perception. Hmm. Some type of perception. Let's roll out some, some checks here. Should we all roll perception? Yeah, sure, why not? I imagine the judge is having a, a, a dense conclave with the Inquisitor while you guys are Watch turning, turning backwards. Hey, uh, what? There. It's, oh, a, it's, a, roll, it's a d20 and then you add your perception. I, f- I forgot how these, I forgot how they look. What I get? 13, you, the, you have the first one. The yeah. first one. You so get you two got, and then... Okay, yes, got you, it. you got I a third. Um, I got 18. 18, 11. Do you pick your highest one or low? How's that work again? When you you pick whichever one rolls first. Okay. 15. Okay, 15. Uh, who got the 18? Okay. Polo. Oh, he sniffed him again. No, no, no. <laughs> you notice you notice that he has cufflinks, uh, and his cufflinks bear the image of what looks like a skull with a knife through the top of it. 
um, which is a symbol that is associated with. I actually don't know if Polo would know this at all. Probably not. Has <laughs> Polo Marco lived in the? Uh, has he? Has he? How close do you think he is? He cares about the Imperium, about the Imper- the Empire. Oh at all? hell no! Okay, never mind. Polo Marco's the only one who sees it. He doesn't like? know what it's this. a skull with a what? <laughs> it's a skull with a, like a, a dagger, a knife stuck down through the middle of it. Oh okay. So I see this. You see this? You don't know what it is? Okay, I'm just. I'm hang. Uh, where, hey, I'm Mark, sitting by I'm, you. I'm sitting by sure. Leon, I guess. I'm just gonna lean over and go. He's got a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the hell that I means. Want it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if he points it out to you, you can see that this is a uh, this is a symbol. Uh, there's a, there's an organization that may or may not exist mm. in the Empire called the Richter Initiative, uh, who are kind of like spies, like the CIA. Mm. Uh, gotcha. They're like the they're like the magical CIA, basically. Uh, okay. Leon will take note, I guess. Um, I don't know if that would necessarily be. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> None of us know. I what don't this think it necessarily is. excites Leon. It's uh, yeah. something to note. Okay. Yeah. So you have an opportunity here to tell the judge that you already have. Uh, we should we should take this deal. There's the guy we just met. Blazy. <laughs> Uh, I've seen you for Two years. Two years. <laughs> years. I have never seen him before. We <laughs> killed a man together. <laughs> Good enough for me. <laughs> Imagine you say that too loud. Like too loud. <laughs> we killed a man together. <laughs> uh, All right, Stephen. Okay. Uh, he stands up. He stands up, puts his hands on the banister. Your Honor, I'll represent these men. And the the gnome turns, uh, you know, on, uh, Judge, uh, whatever the hell's name is, Brittle Creek, turns, you know, and just unhappy. He says, who are you? Oh, uh, my name is uh, Stephen Glomdrot of Glomdrot and Glomdrot. <laughs> he says, and the, uh, the judge rubs his temples. He says, uh, Mr. Glomdrot, of course... Your father and your grandfather's name precede you, but uh, I was not un- under the impression you were practicing law. He says, oh, yes, sir, I have a certificate right here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, put that away. He's like, oh, well, unfortunately, Mr. Glomdrot, uh, we, uh, we are, the trial is over. We are here for, for the verdict or for the judgment. Uh, and, but he, Stephen cuts him off and says, uh, Your Honor, uh, we have new information which I think would be very important to the case. And, uh, you know, if you would just give me a moment. Is... And the judge smacks his gavel. And this is a, a gavel in a magical courtroom. When he hits it, there's a silent spell cast on the rest oh. of the courtroom. Uh, and, he, and as Stephen just continues to talk, you can't hear what he's saying. Um, he says, Mr. Glomdrot, this is no place for show and tell. We are far past that. Under no circumstance, but again, the dragonborn raises his finger to the uh, to the judge. Says, "Your Honor, I am uh, the Inquisition is curious, curious at what could possibly be entering, and if the entirety of the law was to be read, we must hear all evidence to its fruition. I'm afraid I must insist." The judge again rubs his temples, looks at Stephen Glomdrop, says, "Uh." And it lifts, lifts the silent spell. It says, Mr. Glomdrot, this better be very, very good. 
If not, I will hold you in contempt of court in one stone until you have dug just enough of a shoebox to bury your ashes in. Make it quick. Uh, Stephen Glomdrot, he's like, he comes up and he, he's like, he's like, he whispers to you guys, like, you guys are gonna love this. Uh, <laughs> he says, Your Honor, uh, my clients um, are the uh, victims of some magical malice. That, uh... He's cut off again by the judge. No time, Mr. Gomdrog, you do it! <laughs> he says, Oh, right, Your Honor, uh, I have these, uh... I have these rubbings! And he reaches in his... his he reaches in his, uh... In his papers and pulls out, like, a scroll, and he unfurls it, and there is, like, a... Probably, like, a three-foot-long rubbing of what looks like a stone. With writing on it, he says, Uh, Your Honor, this was just recently discovered, uh, information that was actually recovered that was, uh written in some of the annals of the uh, Magus Domini from the uh, from the original uh, from, Ale- from Alexander Silver the first at the founding of the Empire uh, and it specifically states in very clear language that any individual the any citizen of the Empire that is uh, found to be uh, enchanted or otherwise involuntarily involved in any magical malice cannot be held responsible Leon jump <laughs> 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 what <laughs> Uh, the judge, like, it takes a moment for his jaw to kind of him register that his jaw is open. He's like, what are you talking about, Mr. Glomdrot? The law says no such thing. Uh, the Inquisitor jumps up. I agree. The body of the law says no such thing. I am certain of it. And, uh, Stephen Glomdrot says, well, uh, well, it does, actually. It's just, it's been lost. It's been lost for a long time. It's right here. And he takes it up to the judge and... Him and the Inquisitor look over, and the Inquisitor is like, "This is very troubling. This is very troubling. If this really are some of the lost works of Alexander and Silver the First, then then the body of the law is incomplete. Where did you get this?" He says, "Oh, we got it from the from the Irrigan Academy, and you guys know the Irrigan Academy is like this big magical university, uh, like where all the all the biggest, baddest, you know, mages and stuff go." He's like, mm, "Very interesting. Well." Well, let's, well, as soon as we can get eyes on these tablets, I would love to. Then I, I think we might really have a case here. Uh, Stephen says. Well, uh, it's, it's actually, that's all we got is the rubbings. That's it. What do you mean you only have rubbings? You don't have the, where are the tablets? <laughs> uh, they're, 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 they're not lost. We know where they are. They're just really hard to get to. <laughs> where, where could they possibly? Where could where could they possibly be? They're in the the second. Sorry, I have to get this right. The Sepulchopolis, which you guys know is the tomb city underneath High Wall City. Sepulchopolis. Sepulchopolis. <laughs> it's a combination of sepulcher and copolis, which means city. Sepulchopolis. I literally can't say that word. Sepulchopolis. Sepulchopolis. And so, and at this, the dragonborn laughs. Like, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous, Your Honor. Sending a team, an army, into the Sepulchopolis would be surely be suicide. It would be a death sentence. 
<laughs> His eyes grow wide. An eyebrow, a reptilian eyebrow goes up. Leonardo's <laughs> exactly where this is going. Uh, may I interject? Uh, no, you may not. There's just uh, nope. what? a small thing. Have it. Uh, <laughs> a petite. Those weren't words. <laughs> Go ahead. Why send. Uh, oh, if. You know. This sounds like a dangerous spot that uh, you need an army. We have an army. And he points to Polo. Throw me up the bus? This man has yes. killed countless. Countless things. You're. He, tur- he, he turns he turns to the judge and says, Your Honor, I think this is an excellent opportunity. We are duty-bound to, to reclaim any part of the body of the law, if some of it is indeed down in the sepul... sepul- se- se- the tomb... <laughs> the tomb city. <laughs> then we must... <laughs> then we are duty-bound. Uh, and I would say... Um, Perhaps your judgment can be fitting. You are right. You are right, Inquisitor. My judgment is thus. You four are hereby sentenced to journey down into the Sepulchopolis. You will journey down to the location, the last known location of these tablets. You will retrieve them, not in part, not a rubbing, the tablets themselves. You will then return to the entrance of the Sepulchopolis, which I remind you only has one way in or out. You will then return, if you return without the tablets, your verdict, your judgment, will be carried out then and there. If you die therein, good. Justice is served. If not, you will be banished to the external of the city, never to return to Highwall ever again. Do I make myself clear? Question. Who are you? Who are you again? Blaze, <laughs> Blazy, Blaze, Blazy McRuzzle. He he tur- he turns. <laughs> I've seen to- you every week. He turns to a bailiff. Has this guy really been here this entire time? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure. Okay. Of it. All right, go ahead, Mister uh, Mister Mr. McRuzzle. Can the little mime not go? Mister Mister, send the little mime. Mister Marco. Yes. I've, I've, no, he's he's a part of the thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I he can. Question withdrawn. Stephen. <laughs> Stephen. <strike>. Stephen. <laughs> oh, uh, yes, Your Honor. Thank you very much. It's very just. You're very just and very good judge. Thank you. Sustained. <laughs> it's, it's not your time to do that. You don't ever do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are taken. You guys are taken back to One Stone, maybe just for a few days, before you are re-equipped with everything that you came in here with and are taken to the entrance to the Sepulchopolis. You're right, it is a bad word, but I I like like it. it. (laughs) The the Tomb City! You guys are taken to the mouth of Tomb City. Does the two fellows, our lawyer and his, presumably the person that hired him to do this, like... Yes, with your, us? your lawyer probably does come with you. Um, Edgevar, the tiefling, uh, also comes with you, but always seems to kind of stay at a distance, kind of observing everything. Are we near them when we're being oh. walked out? Maybe. Yes, sure. I Can like... I poke around in somebody's pocket? No. Specifically? You're not that close. Damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. So I'm not beside the tiefling? Well, like, we can say that at some point you are. 
Alright, I want to do slide hand. I just want to try and pick off one of his little. The couplings. The couplings. Okay, roll me your roll. They're probably magic, good idea. They're, they're undoubtedly magic. <laughs> so, D20. Super powerful. Plus. That's a slight hand. That's a 10 plus 11. That's a 21. Okay, I'll, I'll say you're able to snatch some. Uh, that was a 21? Some nice. mundane cufflinks. Yes! Nice, but mundane. I'll say <laughs> I just take them. <laughs> Not mundane. Now, now you can pretend to be part of this guy's order. Right, mm-hmm. absolutely. You and can, it'll work. Now you can pretend to be a and part of this work. Yeah. And I'm it sure. will work every oh, time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you guys are taken to the entrance of the Sepulchopolis. So, and here's the thing. I know Leon would probably know this. Leon being uh, pretty well educated. And maybe, I don't know, would Blaze, is Blaze, how smart is Blaze? You had to give Blaze's intelligence a number. Uh, it would be 12. 12, okay. He's, yeah. he's, he's, right. well, he's a sorcerer. He's not super well studied. I'm yeah. looking smarter than you. Yeah. How is that? Yeah. This guy goes into charisma. He's a charisma guy, yeah. Oh, charisma. Sorcerers are charisma. He's got, a tap. He's got glasses now. <laughs> think, well, what is <laughs> your, what's your intelligence? Is it still eight? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's still eight. <laughs> I'm a changed man. <laughs> I'm a student of the Bible. Of <laughs> <laughs> the Bible of the Thander. Late Thander. So here's the thing. You you two, or at least Leon specifically, probably know about the Tomb City. A little bit of the history of the actual... Um, of Highball City itself. You know that it's built on top of this ancient ruin. Uh, an ancient ruin from an ancient civilization that seemed to have found a really, really awesome way to destroy itself, uh, which is to create these weird uh, arcane... Oh, how do they put it? Uh, flesh factories? Ooh. Flesh factories. Yikes. Uh, where they would uh, build, basically, think of like replicants... Um, except things started to get a little weird, so they just start pumping out mutants. Great. So the uh, so the wisdom was to uh, just cover over the entire damn city and lock it up underneath High Wall. Um, it is now the Tomb City underneath, where there are untold riches to be found, uh, untold vast uh, knowledge, uh, ancient powers, uh, magic beyond comprehension. Uh, if you don't mind the. Uh, cannibalistic uh, mutants that live therein. Uh, so yeah, that's where you've been taken. Fellas, I would just like you to know this will be... We are going to into an ancient city that has mutants and treasure. Uh, I expect a very uh, standard dungeon type experience with booby traps and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, right. That being said, Tamp, I don't normally do this, but would you... Uh, Pray over us with your (laughs) (laughs) your uh, newfound faith in uh, what was his name? Uh, Let us now bow our heads. (laughs) I take off Polo's hat. (laughs) Take your hat off. Lathander, sweet morning lord, please do bequeath unto us your blessings as we venture into this. Tomb city with filled to the brim with mutants and flesh golems, presumably. Watch over young Polo here. Uh, <laughs> amen. <laughs> before this ends, before this ends, uh, Blaze is gonna try steal those little cufflings. Oh, from while Polo? everybody's buying their heads, he has to. From Polo? He's compelled to. Okay. Uh, he's absolutely compelled. I gotta he got roll. A, what am I rolling? No, 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 I got a 15, 19. 
What'd you get? 15, 19. That's a 15. Okay. Gotcha. Um. Yeah, I think you lift them. Okay. <laughs> 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 you don't see anything. Yeah. Uh, so. Thank- Thank you, Tamp. I would have said more about getting treasure and stuff like that. Bless, <laughs> <laughs> forget God bless us with riches untold and and. All right, you guys, uh, you guys are met at the entrance, and you know, imagine like um, you ever seen like a Mission Impossible movie or something where there's like a, a vault door to like a nuclear silo. You know, there's like doors on doors kind of action. Uh, This is a lot like that. Turns out they take keeping this Tomb City thing down here pretty seriously. Um, And you are met there by a uh, a representative, or or sorry, not just a single representative, but by several of these uh, mage uh, Irrigan Academy researchers uh, who seem to be who seem to have the information on the way down. Uh, of where specifically you need to go for this information. Um, and leading them is a guy whose name I don't know if I wrote down. I'll find it in a minute. In a minute. Uh, leading them is a particular like researcher, doesn't seem like, seems like you're not a typical wizardy type, uh, who has, basically he has a journal. He has a journal that was made by some adventurer along the way. He's done a lot of research on specifically this place called the Scriptorium, um, which, uh, by its name, sounds like a place where they have a bunch of writings. Um, Deep, deep down in the very belly of the Tomb City. Um, It's likely going to be a week or two of travel one way. Uh, Just to get down to this, it's going to be camping out in this underground uh, necropolis, and just kind of fighting for survival the whole, the whole way, but they were told that you guys have it, that you're going to protect them, and that they and they and the guy who has the uh, the guy who has the actual journal, uh, he he makes he, he's very very careful about keeping it to himself. He uh, he wants to be important, and he pre- he impresses it upon you. It's in your best interest to keep me alive, because otherwise I don't know if we're all if any of us are going to make it. These guys are acting as like tour guides. They're researchers, and you guys—they know the way. There's five. Five of them. Yes. And one guy specifically seems to be in yes. charge and has. Can they fight? They are wizards. They can fight a little bit. They're primarily researchers, but they have men. Okay. And does the, our lawyer see us off, or after? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, guys, I know it's all happened real fast, but, uh, you know, it's the best I could do, really. I mean, it's a bit of a Hail Mary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know if you helped. <clears throat> you were definitely going to be hung. What do you think our chances are of making it back in one piece? I got, I, I got nothing for you, man. Oh, I don't know. Great. You want to go with us? Nope. <laughs> I, I am a lawyer. <laughs> Can we force him to come with? No! <laughs> Not asking him. <laughs> no, I heard you! You said it out loud! Well, uh, I, I like kind of lean over him. I'm like, uh, hello, Mr. Uh, Tiefling Man. Can you come here? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the Tiefling, Ejabar, he, he seems to have, ha- have out in his hand some type of flat piece of stone. 
and is tapping on it with his thumbs and seems to be trying to ignore you very hard. Uh, but eventually me. he does. He just oh. he slips it away in his jacket. He's very, he's dressed very sharply, like basically like a suit. He's, Leon's like, listen, I know how this works. Uh, we've done this at least two times. We go on this thing, we get this thing, then we end up worse than we were before. Now, I would like to change this outcome this time, please. Yes. I'd imagine so. If I was in your place, I would want to change that too. Yes. Uh, is there nothing else you can provide us? Obviously, you want these tablets for your own gain. We want to get out of here, but I... No, the tablets were a ruse to get the Inquisitor to let you out of there alive. They exist. They're real. But that, they are there, but that, that's why. You have friends in high places. That's some... I don't know, transdimensional warp Rolf. wizard. Investors. Rolf, that was his name. Investors yes. in Le Polo. Investors, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> because if you're not, not heard, I do have a good business opportunity. <laughs> yes. I heard... Business? I, I heard your... Uh, I guess I heard your overhead recently went way down. That's real good for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that burns. That burns. <laughs> Well, I have been imprisoned for two years, so... Yes, I imagine that would make it difficult. So what's our real mission here if it ain't those tablets? Oh, it's definitely the tablets. Oh, it's it just is this tablets. is the only way that we could get you out of there without being strung up. Uh, you, there are, there are forces at play here, gentlemen, that have a, a much higher intent for you, but you need to be alive for that to happen. So uh, this is kind of where the rebel meets the road. Hey, what happened to your cufflinks? <laughs> Shit! Shit! <laughs> 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 yeah, just like his chest. Both, both, both Bolo and and Ejibar are like are, are both like checking all their pockets. <laughs> uh, before we go, uh, Blaze is gonna make a suggestion to the lawyer. Okay. He's gonna cast suggestion. The, the spell suggestion. Okay. Uh, uh, can I just do that? You, you can. Um, here's the... So, hold on. Let me look up. I want up. him to come with us. You want a lawyer who graduated from a community college. I support this. To come with you. <laughs> I need him with us. <laughs> he wants security. See, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Body shield. That, yeah, meat operation shield. meat shield. He's <laughs> yes. a piece of shit. Blaze is not a nice guy. Can I aid him? No. Um, so, <laughs> here's the problem. No, wait, I have the thing. What is the thing? No, no, sorry. That's, that, he, that's, so, he, that, here's, yeah, here's yeah. the problem, uh, is that um, the this requires you to uh, actually say some magical words. Uh, so, it's going to be hard to do that sneakily. Uh, you can try to do that sneakily. Uh, you are surrounded by a pretty good retinue of people. So, they'll notice that I'm casting a spell. Not necessarily. You can sneak. You they can mean, try I'm your sneak skill. Sneak that. Claim insanity. You talk to yourself. Just having a chat with Just myself. Just having a check. check. I got a 12. A 12? Mm. Just mumbling to himself. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. see Jessica knows what's up. I see that right. She's kind of snug right now. I'm going to tell you definitely, Ejivar definitely 100% notices. That's an ability check, though, right? The sneak check, sneak check is. The sneak, yeah, yeah. stealth. So I could aid you. Can you? Oh yeah, because you have your you have your 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 shizzle because you uh. The flash of genius. Yeah. Your flash, flash of genius. genius. 
Uh, you can use this feature a number of times equal to your intelligence modifier. So you can add his intelligence modifier to this roll. What is your intelligence modifier? It it's is pretty high. It's probably a three or four. Three. Three. So that'll take a All right, you were able to... <laughs> 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 you want to come with us, Stephen? You want to come with us. All right, let me... Oh, no. Can I use your, your dice roller? I, I don't have anything. <laughs> I've got a few needs. All right. What's, what's that say? That's a two. That's a two. <laughs> Steven, a, you are coming with us. That's a two us. on his resistance roll. He's like, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what if you guys, you know, need, need like a... A notary public while we, you're down there or something. I take my lawyer <laughs> everywhere I go. Yeah, I mean... Well, that's just smart. I, right. I, mean, I mean... This what? is very important to the case. Last I'll time I didn't, a... I got put in jail. Well, you're, nothing. you're right. I mean, last time you did something without a lawyer, you got a lot of trouble. Exactly. So... <laughs> Come on in. It might be good if I'm here. Uh, I mean, I didn't prepare. I don't have, I don't have a backpack. All we need you to do is, is stand in front all the time. Always the way. leading. Okay, I thought that you're getting outside the extent of the spell there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, so uh, I'll go with you, I guess. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, no bed roll. No, no provisions. No water. <laughs> No, no spells. He's not, not a wizard, guys. I'm just a lawyer. Marco's gonna lean forward in Leon's ear and go. I'm gonna wear his eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You'll feel better after. Here, All take right. the snack. All right, here we go. Let's go, guys. All right, you guys begin to descend. And it is. It is like for the first two days. Uh, it is very much. Uh, so the, the the city, the tomb city, imagine it like an underground kind of like New York, almost with like the the same living stone that the prison is built out of was what this ancient city was built out of. Uh, skyscrapers that go up twenty stories up into the inky blackness of the city that has been built above it. Um, every now and then there are, and the deeper and deeper you get, the more kind of creepy it gets, obviously. Uh, but it's like every now and then there is like a arcane street light that's like blinking at a corner. What's that? So no no actual like inhabitants of the no. city? Okay. Ghost city. It's a ghost city. Um, and, uh, it's... I was just looking at the duration of suggestion. Eight hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> at one point, he wakes gonna up realize and, it? Yep. and he's like, <laughs> and he just can't go back. <laughs> yeah, it, um... Yeah, so, so at some point, Tommy, keep in mind, so when you guys go in, they close the doors behind you. It's not like they're standing there waiting for you to come oh back. Like, they close the door, they're like, see you in two weeks. <laughs> Yep, like, to eight hours. Yep, and I think so. Yes, at some point in time, you guys are walking. Stephen's like, he's like, well, this is kind of fascinating, guys. I mean, <laughs> oh, oh no, oh god, oh, you don't need a lawyer down here at all. I'm completely out of my depth. I want to snuggle up to him and go. It's not gonna be okay. <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> yeah, he talks uh, like that somewhere. <laughs> okay, I guess I'll. Uh, I guess I'll. 
You sure you don't need a, something notarized? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so he's terrified. Uh, and even the researchers you're with, again, like these are like um, these are primary like academic type archaeologists, um, even though they have some type of magical powers. Um, all their magical powers seem to be involved some way of supporting their studies. Like you know, they have like they can cast light spells, and they have you know two of them might have like you know their their notebooks floating around behind them as they scribble along as they dictate things. And every now and then they stop the group and they want to look at something, um, you know, which is pretty annoying. Uh, you know, I don't know. Do you guys? Do you guys allow that at all? Do you do you humor that, or are you just like no? Yeah, it's probably a joint just not be incarcerated. Yeah, for the first time in two years. So yeah, yeah. So it's time of walking. It's, and the, the roses in this case are mostly this uh, this twisting uh, this twisting awful vine called razor vine. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> Guys, come over here and look at this twisted awful vine. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so that the head of the head of the these researchers, uh, Dr. Richard Clarkmark, uh, don't look at me. I they uh, so he is he's the, he has this journal. He's always looking at it. He's always like you know as you guys are even traveling, he'll like he'll go up to like a particular. And there are all these kind of signs up in different places that look like they might have been street signs some of the time, but they're written in this strange language that. Uh, it's pretty difficult to understand. It's like you have to you have to have really researched this ancient civilization in order to know it. He'll walk up to it and he'll he'll reference his book and flip pages as he navigates through trying to get you guys somewhere. Um, about three or four days in, um, and you guys are stopping every you know probably twelve hours to take a good a good rest. I'm gonna replenish my spell. As <laughs> in this time, you get to get your spell. And he's probably every day suggesting back. something new to each of the other researchers. <laughs> like or or just to, to Stephen every time. Go poop near that spiky bush. <laughs> 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 this dude's twisting. I, I, would, I would say that probably on day three. Uh, probably on day three. Like this dude twisting. <laughs> well, Tam's hey, right, man. <laughs> Tam's it's a man's right to choose where he poops. <laughs> Tamp, I mean, Tamp is a, he's a, he's a new man, you know, he's a new minotaur. There, there probably is a bit where at some point in time, um, you know, one of the researchers does go off to get a little bit of privacy, and there's probably a sharp scream, and, you know, if you guys investigate, you just find, you know, probably like a smear. Oh. <laughs> you know. It's like, gone. Yes. It's Oops. blood. Oh, like, people are dying as we go further. Just, just the researchers. Just that guy that I sent. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. It probably happens once. It's like, and the thing, problem is that the smear isn't just across the floor. It seems, seems to be across the floor, up the wall, and then, like, up through a hole. Like, I don't think Leon's... Okay, go ahead. Divine Sense. I get to know the location of any celestial fiend or undead within 60 feet. At all times? Day. Once. Once per day. Oh, so it's like, so when this happens, you, you, you <laughs> cast this. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so you, if you guys go and investigate, uh, I imagine Tamp walks into this room and then you know, he reaches deep into his paladin heart, which is so pure and so, and so it's just full of the love of Lathander. Bless and me, Lathander. Bless me. It's, it's, it's 60 <laughs> feet. It's, it's 60 feet. Uh, 60 feet. Okay, so 60 feet, so there's about 10 feet per story in a building, typically. You reach up about six stories and detect easily 100, 200 uh, entities. What Some type what? of bizarre hive oh. that is located directly Holy above shit. you. 
And there's probably there's probably a bit where it's like there's probably a gurgling sound and then just like a torrent of blood just comes out of a hole from above you. Where it sounds like that researcher's probably it sounds like he's being blended. I'm gonna hide. Oh, God. <laughs> I hide. What is it that you sense? Uh, yeah, uh, whatever's close. We got an issue. Does <laughs> uh, my God compel me to clear out evil where I find it? You you think that you think that that researcher is is probably a lost cause. Uh, okay, it's okay. probably you could probably do do the appropriate mental gymnastics right, to right. Uh, to avoid. Like Vayner's a god of rebirth, and in order to right. spread his word, it would be suicide if we were to go up there and do right. <laughs> in our best, Lathander's best. Lathander, and we just keep on walking. Keep, keep going. <laughs> Blaze is looking at the smear of blood, and while he's putting on his new cufflinks. <laughs> Because he's hidden. He's like, this is not a place for shenanigans. No, certainly not. No more suggestions. <laughs> no, you did that! Yeah. That was you! <laughs> Everyone's like, why'd he come all the way over here? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so, and over the next few days, you guys probably lose two more of the researchers. Uh, one of them just kind of seems to get interested in something and, and can't seem to be talked down from it. Like, no, I have to go. Oh, no, I hear, he seems to hear something or see something that seems to be calling to him. And eventually, one of you guys, you guys do a pretty good job of keeping him there. But at some point in time, you turn your back and he just walks off into the darkness and never comes back. Yeah. Um, mm. These creeping vines, this razor vine, uh, turns out a little bit conscious. Uh, and at some point in time, it does. Uh, one of these guys does is over maybe investigating something, you know, an old an old sign or like you know something that looks like it might have been like a shop or something like that. And he's like in there and kind of in and amongst the razor vine, and they just close up from behind him, like closing him into like a bit of a bit of a pocket, and then the, all the razor vine just kind of comes in around him, just kind of, you know, juices him. Are we just like Yikes. sitting there watching this? Or? Yeah. <laughs> like, is, this, is, this, is this a slow goes another one. It's, I mean, it's, like, it's every day now. Well, dro- the thing is, like, and, and the the um, the the professor is with you. Uh, this is Doctor uh, Clark Mark. He's uh, he tells you, he tells you, he's like, we have to stay together. Like, we have to stay together. It's super dangerous out here. Like, we need to stay in a group. You uh, keep saying that, but then your guys keep. Going. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, man. <laughs> like, it's, mm. And, yeah, and so it's probably, like, you guys just hear probably really quick, like, no, 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 ah! you know, just like, you know. Can add. I do, like, a history to see sure. more, ins- if I know something, since I know something about this city, like, can I gain more insight to Absolutely. what this blender zombie thing might be? Not yeah. this. Yeah, the hive. The hive. Damn it. That a no? Seven. Yeah, that's not a <laughs> I don't want to. Well, Doctor Doctor Clockmark can tell you if you if you engage him on it, he will tell you it's like the uh, the, the the creatures down here. Um, there were uh, there was some type of great ancient war. Uh, there's 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 disagreement. He gets into like a very academic talk with you. You, know, you can tell he's quite passionate about this. He's like, there's, there's disagreement. Was there a war? Did they just create these things as servants? And eventually, they just slowly became more and more corrupted until at some point in time. The uh, the Quintari, that's the the civilization. Uh, the Quintari, they uh, you know something happened to civilization. No one knows exactly what you know whether they were slowly decimated through war or absorbed into other 
uh, other nations, whatever happened, they were left, and these factories underneath the city um, just kept going. They were oh, they, continually they, making yeah, they were autonomous mutant right. things. And the whole uh-huh. reason they covered over the city was because it kind of turned out like there were many expeditions before the city was covered, before it was entombed. There were many expeditions down to the city, and but it turned every time you get deep into the city, the factories would kick back in. And so basically, after a while, it became very clear, if we just stay away, if we just stay far enough away, if we just don't get deep into the city near the factories, they don't turn on, they don't produce more of these things. So it just became, you know, just the feasible thing to do, just cover over the entire city, lock it away, never create a situation, don't poke the bear, don't poke, you know, it's like, it's like messing with a beehive. Like, just don't go in there, don't mess with it. And the hive that Tamp sensed, I'll tell you that's almost certainly uh, that's almost certainly these uh, the leftover these beans. yes these uh, flesh creatures these mutants that were uh, produced uh, these kind of magical bioweapons very Resident Evil of them he tells you mm, it's very uh, fascinating can I see your book no look while he's talking <laughs> to him, while they're all busy talking where's Steven he's with you <laughs> He's he now he's very good at staying close. Yes, all the time. Why? What? Why? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Are you waiting for Stephen to go relieve himself and then you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> all right, I want to do like a group huddle with everybody, kind of like oh. as we're. Yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's been more and more people dying. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Probably about that time you all realize that you're, the ground you're standing on is a bit sticky. And you like <laughs> look and see another one of the researchers has been oh, shit, eviscerated. <laughs> I'm casually dabbing my hat in a puddle. <laughs> I don't know about you, but tonight I think it might be a good idea to uh, sneak and take uh, his book, the Mark. Mark, whatever his name is. Clark Mark. Clark Mark. Oh, canonically, you cannot read, yes. <laughs> Wait, how it's have you been studying you... the Lathander Bible if you can't read it? It's a picture. 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 It's like, it's like the, the action Bible. It's a comic book. <laughs> and it's just a little... Yeah. Marco. It's a Polo Marco. Marco. I say, come here, boy. I need you... I need you to do something very important for Papa. Tonight, <laughs> when we go to sleep, you see that little book that uh, Mark Mark has. <laughs> I need you to take it from him and bring it back to us so that we have it. For when he dies, we will still have the book. So, wait a second, when he dies? Oh, <laughs> can, can wait. you want to take the book? No, just take the book. He dies later. Oh. <laughs> wait, is something gonna happen to him? No, no. Wait a minute. Wait. We, what? You, what? You're supposed to be elsewhere. Go elsewhere. No! <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you say anything. We got we got attorney-client privilege here. Shit, you're right. Okay. <laughs> you stay close, buddy. Oh, oh shit. I just, I just realized that there is a situation here where you have this NPC who you can just tell everything you do and he's bound I bet Tamp really leans on him for his, like, <laughs> testimonies and stuff like that 
Have you heard the good word? <laughs> ah, I'm good, man. <laughs> he, uses it. he uses well, it. He uses it like, a, like, a, like the, when you talk to the <coughs> creature behind the oh, veil. Confession. Confession. Yeah. Tell me your deepest sin, Stephen. Right. That's not the way this goes. <laughs> but I don't tell we, you stuff. If we do have time but before the next beat, uh, at, on our journey here, I would like... If, Polo, Polo's tracking. Polo wants okay. to yeah. do that to try to yeah, snatch. Yeah, absolutely. That. It would. It would not be. You know, you guys as the um, the muscle in the situation are kind of responsible for holding watch, um, especially now there's fewer researchers. Um, so there, you could definitely, you all could be up, and it wouldn't be weird. You know, it wouldn't be considered to be terribly odd. So yeah, if uh, if Polo Marco wants to make that, uh, I would say. And here's the thing. So he, I, I'm not going to have you make the sneak. I'm not going to have you make a sneak roll. He's asleep. You're a halfling rogue assassin. Uh, you have all the advantages in the world. Unnecessary. Though, that being said, he does literally sleep with his head on top of the germ. He uses it like a pillow. Oh, wow. He's very serious about this thing. Mm. So, I uh, need you to uh, go ahead and make me a sleight of hand roll. Oh, I gotta do some Indiana Jones shit. What are you gonna put back? Oh God, it's a five plus eleven. Oh yeah, no, yeah, get get Tamp's Indeed. action Bible yeah. and swap <laughs> it out. <laughs> did Tamp say? Did Tamp suggest this? <laughs> Tamp take his Bible away. Polo can steal it. Oh, I'm gonna steal his Bible and swap it. Yes, that's what I want to do. Um, what is it? All right, so against I'm my perception, it'd be against your basically ten plus your wisdom bonus, which is your passive perception. So, I do 8 plus sleight of hand or still? Sleight of hand. Okay, but before you do that, I also want to, if we can do like kind of group thing, I want to detect magic to see if there's any like traps. <laughs> oh, okay, smart. All right. Okay, yeah, do it. So, you, you burn one of your detect magics. Um, you detect absolutely zero magic coming from this journal. Okay. Nothing of any type. No, like, magic booby trap mm-hmm. thing. No, it doesn't seem to be. It's, like, and it's not that he doesn't have, like, you know, he probably has a wand and, like, a spell book with him as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he has some accoutrement of you expect of a magic user. Gotcha. Nothing in the book, though. Nothing. Okay. It seems to be very much like a like a beaten-up adventurer's journal. Um, you know, he's reading the journal of someone else's. He's reading someone else's journal who had been, been to this place and come back kind of thing. So, Leon gives him the thumbs up. <laughs> so I gotta steal his first. <laughs> okay. so, What'd you get? I got a 19. Oh, 8 yeah. plus 11. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, Tamp. <laughs> Tamp is a... Uh, but I would like to put a rock back in its place. <laughs> that I painted. <laughs> with a smiley face. <laughs> it just got like a little sun on it. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the symbol of a thunder. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so I got his. Now I gotta go over... <laughs> so now we gotta do another roll. Alright, so... 6 plus 11. 6 plus 11, 17. That's sufficient. Like I said, again... Actually, well... Oh. Roll again. I'm still gonna give you advantage on it. He's still asleep. Yeah, that's it. That's that's plenty. You uh, you were able to slide it out from his head. Uh, does Polo does Polo Marco know how to read? The hell no. Okay. <laughs> Very illi- uh, illiterate party. Probably puts the wrong book back. <laughs> <laughs> you just get him confused. Uh, you bring okay, so you bring. Well, it's literally a rock. A <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> no. The other one. Don't beat me. You like you like roll it up and hit him with it. Swat him. So okay, so yeah, uh, so yeah, you bring it to Leon. Okay. Um, I got the book. He's alive. Leon. For now. <laughs> Leon allows him to perch on his shoulder and gives him a kiss on the cheek, and then opens the book. <laughs> the book 
is blank. Oh God. Oh. Not uh, a single word. Uh, he. Oh, I thought you were. Right. <laughs> Can, we, uh, Can we kill him? Uh, <laughs> mm, maybe, but not yet. Uh, he wakes Tamp, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to forget your guy's name. For Blaze. Blaze. It, it, it wasn't a joke Blaze. this time. Blaze. 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 <laughs> and he wakes Blaze and says, uh, "Tells them all to come here and like take a look at this." Yeah. Mm. Is blank. Blank's it gets a no and magic. I uh, already checked the magic. There's no magic here. Let me um, reach out to my god. Uh, here we go. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> what can I do? A religion check? I have minus one to religion. <laughs> <laughs> religion. <laughs> A false uh, prophet. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 pretty clear we're gonna have to tie him up and force him to uh, read it to us. I got a three on my religion check. Oh great! Like, <laughs> <laughs> reveal the mysteries of this book. Nothing. You get nothing. Wait, there ain't no words in that thing, man. I don't know what to tell so, you. So, oh, the god did not provide again. Okay. Uh, <laughs> next. Uh, now Leon must provide. <laughs> well, we do have as. Uh, do you have any kind of snake oil or whatever you did before? Mm. Ooh, oh, make me a... Gosh. Um, an Arcana check. Yeah. And actually, Leon can do it too. Make, like, get Leon to make an Arcana check. This would be either Arcane. an Arcana or some type of intelligence type check. I can go for the intelligence. <coughs> 18. 18? Oh, 20. No, sorry. That was my second roll. I got a 15. You know, now that you think about it, you know, you had, this guy, uh, Dr. Uh, Richard Clarkmark, he has a, uh, he has these little spectacles that he wears. Mm. Oh, oh, that was never and mentioned. They're, and they're colored spectacles, which is weird. It's weird that he's basically wearing sunglasses down here. But now that you think Polo about Marco's it. Marco's right, we do need his eyes. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Take his eyes. I already ate, Polo just takes off. Okay. Gone. You better stop him. <laughs> I, I, uh, Did you have... tell him glasses, not eyes? I think he would get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm shooting <laughs> towards uh, Clark Mark. Dr. Clark Mark. Dr. Clark. All right, so I get to Dr. Clark, and I stop for a minute, and Polo Marco thinks to himself, he has four eyes. No. <laughs> so he just decides to get the uh, closest eyes. Okay. Would be the closest eyes. Glasses. Is he wearing his glasses? I would say he probably. They're probably like around his neck or something. Oh my oh. god! Oh shit! T- Can, uh-huh. Are they visible? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Polo. <laughs> no, since they're visible, he's gonna take the glasses. Wait, are you gonna are you gonna try to steal Tamp's glasses? Yep, we're gonna go ahead and take Tamp's glasses. At some point, I'm gonna take Tamp's pants and put it in his pants <laughs> and swab them. All right, so I got a sixteen. Yeah, nice. It's sufficient. You take nice. Tamp's glasses. All right, so we got. And you replace them with a the rock. Two rocks on his eyes while he's sleeping. Seventeen. I mean eighteen. Eighteen. That's insane. Okay. He uh, yeah, it's because he had the rogues, man. Rogues. Plus, I get a plus eleven. 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you uh, you managed to take them off, uh, and when you put them on, uh, and you if you take them off, Leon, you know yeah, whoever's got it. Um, you put them on, and you see that now, yes, indeed, there are words. Uh, uh, so, quick question: Do you read dwarven? Oh, uh, no common elvish giant. None of those are dwarven, I noticed. Right. Hell, really have. We, have, we do have to keep them alive. I speak uh, draconic. That's, Give me that. <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> Give me that. It's kind of he like... Starts, <laughs> he starts reading it off. <laughs> <laughs> that is not... <laughs> the, and then Steven's like, oh, I think it's more back the throat. Oh, do you know more dwarven? More than that, no. I, I, I Are just, you sure if you checked what? your character sheet? Yes. Ask Steven if he reads dwarf. He does yeah. not. Uh. <laughs> I, I just I can order food. Damn it. That, and and was, that's about it. I was this close to killing him. Wait a minute. Had this. Um, Do we have any researchers left besides him? Uh, I'd say you have two. You have yeah. two researchers yeah. remaining. Two left. I say we wake one up and what? Hey, can you read this? Jessica's <laughs> <laughs> just like, why are they doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm open to suggestions. I will but go get as far one. as I can see, these guys keep dying. They don't do anything for us. <laughs> yeah. Only thing that happens is guy reads the directions to where we need to go. That's how I see people. They're like resources, and you have to use them before they're gone. Right, it's just this sounds like Benedict talking. <laughs> You're playing the psycho this time. <laughs> uh, I'll go get one. Okay, you get him. So he goes. I'll hold a dagger to his throat. <laughs> I like your gumption, little man. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> Alright, so we go and get a researcher. Uh, I guess we're gonna be poking him. Intimidation? Gonna intimidate him. You're, you're gonna intimidate? Yeah, yeah give me an intimidate. That's Can we 20. do something like you lure That's a 20? Okay, yeah, he, you, whatever means you wake him up and he, he comes along with you. Hello, willingly. friend. Hi. <laughs> we're gonna get him to read this. Oh, yes, yeah. You speak dwarven, of course. Let's, let's find out. He was more telling him. Nope! I stabbed him in the throat. Oh. I stabbed him in the throat! Immediately! <laughs> it's I'll already let there. Did you, I'll did let you him. kill him? Yes! I I'll, just quick I'll stab. Just, I'll be uh, like, fine. nope. That, are you gonna- are you This gonna, one's a dud. Is that no one's gonna- <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna let- Okay, no one's gonna stop this. No, I think he should kill him. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. So, so, so go ahead and roll me- roll me Next. your d20, roll me your attack roll. I'm sure- roll your attack roll with advantage, cause he's not expecting it. Uh, you're an assassin. 11 plus... I guess we'll go assassinate? Roll- roll two- two roll your dice twice. So that's a set- yeah, you definitely got him. Um... I don't even remember the rules now for what's what's your your knife attack? Is short sword plus eight one d six plus five. Well, I had a dagger, so plus nine one d four plus five. Yep, and then plus your um, plus your attack, your uh, sneak attack dice. It should be like d six, so many d six or something. Four d six at level seven. Four d six. I'm rolling. But roll, roll your damage dice first, whatever you have here. 1d4. So 2 plus what? 8. No, yeah, plus 8. 9. That's your damage. So 1d4 plus 5. 5, got you. So 7 damage. 
Now roll a d4. How many times? Or d4 d6. Roll 4d6. So we're just seeing if he explodes now, violently or now, not. But it's, a, but it's automatically a critical hit because you are Sneak an assassin. Attack. Yeah. So, Sneak attack. so doubled that. So what is that? That's that's twenty two. That's twenty two. That's forty four damage, I think. Yeah. So the typically kind of a non adventuring researcher <laughs> uh, enters the buzz saw that is uh, Polo Marco. Here we go. <laughs> and just. Uh, this well, is a, this it was a good call. I mean, we can't have him talking. It was yeah, yeah. It we was woke needed. him up. We had. To we did what we had. To do. Yes, we woke him up, and now his inability to speed Warden uh, has yeah. forced us to kill him. Yep. To murder him. Uh, yes. Sorry, guys. Uh, Temp is asleep, by the way. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Temp, wake up. We have a wake problem. <laughs> we did something. Where are my glasses? Where's my picture oh. book? <laughs> Why are there rocks on my eyeball? <laughs> All right, so uh, this kind of failed. I do not want to try again. There's but one more. We... True, but uh, <laughs> he's just going to get eaten anyway. Let's... Okay, let's ask him if he speaks Dwarven first, and then we can do this. <laughs> we did! Make sure just like, wait for him to wake up, and then make sort of a conversation. Like, yeah, what, let's do that the next. That? Let's do that the next day. Let's. I mean, we gave this a good breakfast try, but it didn't work. Okay. Well, I gotta put all the bucket glasses back. Don't yeah, you do. I'm sorry, baby. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> you do that. You okay, you put I'll them all put back. back. We're not gonna belabor it. <laughs> We tried. It was a good try. Yeah, it was a good try, guys. It was a, a real, a real good old college try. Do we need to chunk these up? Do we want to take uh, bodies, short breaks. No, not the bodies. The <laughs> session. <laughs> oh, okay. Do we, do we want to do that? We talk about you guys. Good. The bodies. Are you guys good? Um, all right, we're chunking up the bodies then. Anybody break? Get some food, water. Okay. I'm good. Cool. I'm fine. Yeah, let's keep going. All right. So you, um, um. Uh, eventually, uh, Dr. Clarkmark wakes up and is. Uh, double check recordings. Yeah, I just did. Cool. Let me take mine and check mine. Because they're flaky. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, at some point in time, uh, Dr. Clarkmark uh, wakes up and is mortified to have lost another researcher oh, no. to this damn place. It's so sad. Oh my god, whatever it was snuck into the camp. Blaze pats him on the back. I'm sorry, man. Oh, man. That's this happens. He, put, he, he says to his last research assistant, he's like, don't worry, um, what's your name again? I'm going to call you Lasty. Uh, don't worry, Lasty. Like, I, we're, we've got you. Um, about that time, um, you guys are having, are, have made camp, and as he's waking up, you guys have made camp kind of at this, uh, like this four-way intersection between uh, a bunch of especially high uh, buildings, uh, all dilapidated, fallen in on themselves for the most part, um, and there is again one of there is one of these. It's one of these locations where you found this miscellaneous, still blinking light, and there is like this vague, like in like the razor vine. Some places you can cut up the parts of the razor vine in order to actually build a fire, which you've probably been doing in order to give yourself a little light. But you guys, uh, as you are sitting here and kind of having this confab with Doctor Clark, Mark, ah oh, man, shame what happened to. Your researcher. Second to last day. Yeah. yeah second to last day. Yeah, second to last day. <gasps> uh, <laughs> and about that time, you hear something in the nearest kind of uh, building. 
you hear this uh, kind of, uh, I, I don't know what else to call it beside like a slurping sound. Sound. Uh, this slurping, slapping, growling, grinding, all at once. Uh, and we have to go into this building? This is where the Oh, you don't is. have to. It's just, it sounds like it's getting closer. Yeah. Uh, cast divine sense. Oh, yeah. There's something coming. I'm hit. Lots of little somethings, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> oh, lots of little somethings. Lots of little somethings. It's like the flood. It's like the flood from Halo. Uh, should we go? Let's hide. Dude, should, yeah, like, can't. I suggest hide. we hide, like, behind something. I don't know where the hell y'all are. I'm already hidden. <laughs> y'all look around and Marco's gone. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody wants to, if you want to do that, you want to try to hide in the rubble or yeah. something, you yeah. can make some type of check. We got a swarm coming. What are yeah. we doing? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be your stealth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Polo Marco is no problem. Yeah, th there's probably definitely oh, God. Can we a world. help each other, like, to advantage? Get the whole group hidden? Um, yeah. Including Lasty. And Steven. And Steven. And Steven. Lasty and Steven are both going to need a help. I got a 30. Okay. Do you want to Polo roll Marco me? is gone. <laughs> Polo Marco is gone. I got a 20. And the rest of you are not sure if he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> they just hear this weird giggle every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I got a 12. I got a 19. Ooh, big guy. Nice. I got a 20. Let me let me take a look here real quick. <laughs> Leon's fuck. <laughs> what Leon? What Leon get? Twelve. Oh god. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come over here. So there is. Uh, you guys make it into the rubble. You make it into the rubble of one of these kind of destroyed buildings, and you see what looks like a swarm of something that is like about. It, it's it's a, it's a it's a few of these, looks like a few of these contiguous swarms, like kind of separate swarms that are all hanging together. Um, looks to be three or four of them. Uh, they are composed of these creatures that look like a, like a, uh, God, what is like a Cronenberg combination oh, no. of cats and hands. Oh. Oh. Cats and hands. Oh, I don't like it. Um, I don't like it. And they're flying or are they just like running around? God, that'd be even worse if they were flying. What? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Uh, like. And it's like imagine like so yeah, like a very like it style of just like lettering. <laughs> yeah, no, just it's about that size, but like with these like big gaping jaws, maybe too many jaws, too many oh. eyes, that kind of thing. And these kind of swarms just kind of come over the uh, second to lasty, and just kind of swarm over this area where Polo Marco eviscerated this poor researcher and began to, um, I don't know, just, like, lap up any of the viscera like and, like, scratchy and, tongues. Yes, with their Aww. weird scratchy tongues on the, on the cement, on, like, the concrete. <laughs> and as they do, like, they, like, peel off parts of the concrete as they do. Oh. It seems like it'd be a real bad time to be right in there. Um... And as they do, they they begin to kind of like move over the remains of your camp. Stop uh, giggling. Good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And they roll pretty low on the old perception as okay. they scamper back up and onto one of the buildings and off over. You can hear the kind of sound of them making their way up walls and through big open windows. It seems that you guys have avoided this. Uh, where are the where are the researchers? They're with you. They, uh, they hid with you. Okay. Dr. Clark Mark, uh, Lasty, and Steven have hidden with you. Um, 
Dr. Clarkmark says, uh, we should avoid making a mess like that in the future. I mean, we should avoid, uh, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> we, sh we should avoid, uh, you know, you know, having any, uh, they seem to be attracted by biomass. We should, uh, we should avoid being anywhere near that kind of thing in the future, especially in our camp. Biomass. NIP. <laughs> I don't, I think that's fine. <laughs> Leon, like, side, side's eye has cap filled with blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Shakes it off. So, do you guys have anything else? I don't anything uh, else. Anything else bizarre or terrible you want to do? Hey, Lassie, that poe nothing. Do you speak Dwarven? No. Wait, sorry. Hey, that's that's Steven. that's Steven. Steven, shut up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hold on, let me let me roll a dice. Let's let the dice decide. No. Distinctly no. In fact, last he can only speak one language, and that's common. Hell of a scholar you are. <laughs> I'm 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 an I'm an economics. I look at I'm like a sociologist. What the hell are you doing down here? I don't know. <laughs> Stephen's more useful than you are. That is fundamentally untrue. <laughs> he got us here. All right. uh, how much longer do you think we have to go on this trip? Oh, I mean, talk to Doctor Clark, Mark. You know, it was weird. When he was asking for volunteers, all he, he made mention of anyone with flesh. Oh. He said that was that was the stipulation. We're like, what requirements? Like, do we need a certain background? He's like, he's like, you need flesh. Okay. So That's what the researcher tells us? Yeah. I don't trust this guy. I, I know. Marco Polo is not... He was just one of Marco. <laughs> so there's no point in me investigating him. <laughs> I have a mechanical thing I forgot to tell you. Okay. I've got wild magic. This is correct. You do have wild magic. So Wait, you cast a suggestion before, didn't you? I casted two spells already. Okay. Do you know how wild magic works? I read up on it. Okay. I'm so excited. every every time you ro you do cast is a spell... Is it every single time I cast a spell? I think it's every single time. Is it the one in a thousand that could be anything? It's one in like 50. There, there's a mega, yeah, there's a there's mega a, sheet. I've got a sheet of paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, uh, okay, just so we know, we may either, I don't know if we want to go back on it or just take it going forward. Yeah, so the, um, the wild, <laughs> you're talking about the wild surges, right? Yeah. Wild magic surge. So, I, I thought it happened. Table. I thought it happened every time. It says once per turn, so I figure. Once per time, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll deal with that if it comes up. Yeah. I'm sure it won't come up. Just, yeah. Nah. Okay, so um, a few more <laughs> the days. The last two in. times he just pooped himself a little. Right. You guys travel for another four days. Um, you do not lose another researcher in this time. It seems actually that all is quiet. Uh, you seem to be sticking to a series of like large like sky bridges that actually start to go between buildings as you guys are. But still, it seems like your elevation is continually dropping off. Um, the Still flickering streetlights are a thing of the past. There is complete abject darkness. Maybe every now and then, like a miscellaneous, like phosphorescent mushroom or something like that. But that's about it. Hmm. There is a um, there's a bit where you guys get to the you guys begin to cross one of these sky bridges, and as you're going, uh, Doctor Clarkmark, who is looking down at his journal as he's walking. He stops. And you all hear the same thing he hears. You hear something 
rumble in this, like like the sky bridge begins to rumble underneath you. For a second, it feels like, uh oh, is this thing about to fall with us on it? But it stops, and you realize the source of the rumbling as you all look off to the, I don't know what direction. You guys look off into the distance, and you see what looks like a series of smokestacks that are, uh, and you wouldn't be able to see them if they had not just lit up with what looks like fire as smoke begins to billow out of the top of them. As you hear the sounds of monstrous machines, you have to imagine that are beyond the scope of anything you could ever see, begin to crunch and grind in what you can only assume is one of the flesh factories that you've heard about off in the distance. Way off. Let's Pretty head far. Towards yes, go <laughs> that way. Uh, Dr. Way. Clark Mark, uh, he flips forward a few pages <laughs> in his book. He's like, he's like, we, we don't have as much time as I thought. He's like, we, we, we have to go. Uh, the scriptorium is, uh, is, we have to hurry. How do the factories know we're here? I have no idea. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm in the same boat as you, man. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> I don't think you are. What, what do you mean? I don't think you are in the same boat. What's in that book? What's the instructions? For what? For where to go. I want to see it! Let That's, him see it. Yes, we all want to see it. Okay. What? Well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no going back. It doesn't... I mean, you're not going to be able to read it. You don't speak word. Yeah, but you do. You're right. <laughs> and he's going to intimidate him. Okay. Give it a go. Say, I need you to... Intimidation. 16. Okay, let me roll a... Roll, roll a wisdom save. It's really this. in all of our best interests that you tell did us that what's roll? in that book. That, that did not roll. Hold on. In our best interest. Oh, okay. No, he rolled a, he rolled a 7. Uh, he's like, listen, this is... Okay, okay, look. And he... And he's like, well, it doesn't. It won't make sense for you to read it. I'll just, I'll just show you. And he, he, he opens a book, and you can. He holds like the glasses down. Maybe you can see it. And you see that beyond the writing, there are many diagrams and things like that. This is the map. Just basically, we're going to. There's a particular tomb uh, that has a, um, a series of, um, well, well, dare I say, uh, of, of challenges. Of uh, it's, it's guarded by a creature. It's guarded by a creature, and that's where we're headed. Okay, pen to man may pass and all that. It's like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you're talking. About. There's a, a, a picture book I read once. Okay, yeah, uh, but it's like we're gonna go down there, and the the tablets are in there. Um, the there, this book, you know, is the you know is a basically a kind of guide uh, that the the composition of loads of research into how to how to overcome these challenges. And who is the author of this book uh i i think it's actually um uh, the name it's uh he's the head mage at the university who joe can't remember his name right now uh, uh he's alive yes very much alive uh no one else has ever come back alive oddly enough from this particular excursion except for the head just mage. just him why did you come oh because i, I i'm trying to get tenure <laughs> do you have a will Damn! do i have what do you have a will like a like a final will. Like a final will, because Stephen can draw you up because he's very good. He's very good. Does he? He's very. Oh good. yeah, I got you. Yeah, you should probably put together a will. Also, second follow-up question: What do we do if you die? Well, I I can't die. I can't die. 
It's it? very important. Oh no! Right? So he's like, he's like, he's like. I mean, Lasty here, and he pushes Lasty off the sky bridge. <laughs> oh my god! He's like, that'll buy us like an hour. Oh. <laughs> Blaze has new respect for this guy. He's like, okay. He's like, that, that's that's the reason I brought the other researchers along. Oh, so they, good we thing. Need to, we need to feed. Okay. We need to feed the mutants as we go to keep them dry. Right, so there won't be no mutants on the way back then, right? Sure. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's a good thing we bought the extra meat sack. Um, Steven. Yeah, yes. that was really good. Like they went through I went through the first two really fast, guys. Like so I don't know. <laughs> it's good we bought a spare. What are you guys talking about? Law. <laughs> Wills. All right. Uh well, I say we hurry up yeah. to this spot. Okay. Okay. Shuffle along. All right. Can we go more quickly? Yeah, you guys uh there's some mechanical stuff for that, but we're not going to worry about that. We're not going get, to get too caught up in the minutia of forced marches in, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons. Um, put on the rock sacks. Let's go. So, you guys eventually, you guys make it out, and as this this factory begins to spin up, and you know these smokestacks, and you can see not just the fire from the top of the smokestacks. After a while, it appears the smokestacks themselves begin to glow with heat. Uh, and then as they go, you then see other smokestacks, you know, like on a, like on the other side of you. And as you, and it gets to the point where this vague illumination over this entire part of the tomb city. Uh, and then and we're like walking above it on these like bridges. On these like sky bridges. Uh, this just seems to be like a um, kind of reminds you like have you guys ever like being up in the Pacific Northwest like whenever there's like a wildfire going on like in the vicinity and like everything just has that weird glow to it like all the time it's very similar to that and even the smoke that's being belched out is like it has nowhere to go so like even it begins to kind of like just be around everything but it seems like that these factories as they power up they are also begin to power the street lights as you guys begin to switch back and forth quickly between these roads uh dr uh clark mark is like he's, he's got the journal and like at certain points you guys were like jogging he's like this way and just as he points you down, like what looks just like a regular alleyway, like you see maybe down, you see some type of surging mass, like some weird tidal wave of skin and bone come down the other, like some type of monstrous creature, uh, like come down like one of the other streets just as you dodge around. And you guys feel, every, it feels like every second that you're just moments away from being detected by some ungodly, unnatural like creature. Eventually, you guys make your way to this giant courtyard, and at the middle, very middle of it, is this colossal building that has these, um, these very, they, they look like humans or elves, kind of, but it's like they seem to have parts of their, the, the statues on the sides of the building, they all, they're all holding books, you know, and they all look very scholarly, and they have these like strange like clothing on, these exaggerated features. It looks like many of them have parts of their face removed, and it looks like machinery ticking underneath their skin. And you can even see actual gears, like as part of the artwork, kagoon, 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 ticking behind them. There's these weird, you know, part people, part machine creatures of these this ancient civilization. Very um, Carcosian. It's very Carcosian. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you guys make it to these giant doors, doors that are easily 20 feet tall, and you don't think it's decorative. You get the feeling that, I don't know, like, people might have been really, really big. Um, and mm -hmm. you manage to get the doors closed behind you, 
And as you do, Dr. Clockmark, maybe he says to Tamp, you know, he's like, help me with this. You, you guys basically barricade it up. And inside the scriptorium is something between a library and a church. Like, it seems to be almost a worship of knowledge. Um, and you guys are able to push these huge tables and these pews and everything up against these giant doors and barricade yourself in. Um, as you do, you can probably still see this vague glow from outside. And you begin to uh, illuminate the area with some magical lights that Dr. Clark Mark can probably provide you, like some Kim lights, kind of like you snap them in the middle. And they provide like a nice bright lamp. As you guys begin to look around, you see that indeed it looks like many groups have camped here in the past. Um, there's, you know, detritus from small campfires and maybe some equipment here and there. Maybe as you, maybe you see like a strange rat with too many legs scurry away into the darkness. Uh, as Anything you guys... Anything to loot? Huh? Anything to loot? No. Any campfire detritus that is valuable? It all depends on how you value things. Uh, that's, that's really what it comes down to. I want to check do an arcana check. <clears throat> sure. This would be a good time for an arcana check. Twenty-three. Twenty-three. You, um, there's a near one of the, near the front door when you came in. There appears to be there's something odd that catches Leon's attention on the wall. Um, it is a flat panel that's distinct from the rest of the masonry. Again, this whole place carved out of the stone, um, and it has like a vague line imprint of what looks like a six-fingered hand on it. Uh -oh. And uh, Polo, uh, Polo Marco passes it, nothing happens. He jumps up there, slaps it, nothing happens. Because <laughs> you're short. Oh, well! <laughs> I just kind of saw it as you, But as you're, as you're looking at it, you recognize some of the runes around it. Uh, you think that this thing might be, might uh, have some type of reaction to magic being cast on it. It has some arcane runes around it that are pretty universal, even for this ancient civilization that you would be familiar with. I tell everyone about this, including Clark, Mark, yeah, Clark Mark will uh, walk up there, and he looks at it too. He's like, very, he's like, interesting. And he, he will, he'll dump one of his cantrips, just like one of his basic cantrips, into it. Um, and as he does, the entire place it lights up and illuminates with these arcane lights, just back further and further, further. And you see that there are. This building is massive, and you see that not only does it go up, it apparently also goes down on the inside. Shady spots. Everything seems to be pretty well illuminated. But the most interesting thing is, is right at this giant, well, what you'd imagine be some type of circulation desk for a library, there is this huge set of doors behind it. They again have these very, these kind of like, like I said, again, human, like human esque, but like very exaggerated features, big nose, big eyes, big ears, um, but with like, you know, mechanical pieces. There's big faces on the facade of these doors, and Dr. Clarkmark points out, he says, that is where we need to go. Before we go there, you mentioned something about traps, how to get through five challenges. Mm -hmm. we... I didn't say five. Five-ish. Okay. What are we doing? What are we doing? Uh, well, I... What's, what's up? What are we doing? What are each of these challenges? What do we need to do? Well, I mean, I... 
I just figured we'd cover that as we go. I don't like that idea. Really? Does anybody else like that idea? I love it! <laughs> <laughs> you there, little one. Shut up! <laughs> mm. so, uh, so, yeah, let's... Uh... Is that a nope? Nope, nope. Is that, yeah, is everyone cool with that? Steven? Steven? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, uh, Steven, Steven boy. I will kill you. <laughs> I've been trying to kill you. <laughs> it won't get away from the group. What if we make Mr. Fancy Pants go first? All right. But we what need is, a Can I cap uh, insight to see if he's telling the truth? Yeah. Or oh. if he's hiding something? Yeah, go ahead. That's Clark. Inception. Mark. Oh, fuck. <laughs> how, how, how'd that go? I want to go to three. A three? Okay, yeah. That, that's not going to get the job done. Inside check. 14. We're just going blind into those traps, otherwise. Yeah. Temp, that would, that's what Temp would do. What'd you do? Uh, temp, temp would pray to his god. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna roll another religion check? Hey, I got a 19 that time. A 19? Oh, so, an 18, because it's minus one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you, f you feel invigorated. You feel like this is the way. I feel like you got this. Does We're it... the Lord's house. God is here. Within these walls. That's all I got. <laughs> is that what inspiration feels like? Yes. I mean, it's like actual... What's well, a juice? Juice inspiration. That's not a juice. It's not a juice That's inspiration. Not, a juice. not the way it works. Oh, okay. It just feels good. He, um... Uh, talk about... Okay, uh, just uh, if anybody wants to go ahead and open those doors, we will, uh, we'll get right down here. Lathander, be with me. Yeah, yeah, you go first. <laughs> hold up, hold up. He, like, holds him back and opens it with Mage Hand. Okay, you, uh, you reach nice. forward and grab the handle with Mage Hand and pull it open, and you see that there's a set of stairs that descends down. Good call, me. <laughs> stairs. Yes. And Steven goes, yeah, guys, looks fine. Reach, he goes forward, and as he goes, he touches the handle of the door and <gasps> disappears. <laughs> oh, what wow. the hell? That dirty bastard guy, what do you say? Hold manners. <laughs> Damn it, that was going to be the lunch for the Milton's on the way back. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Dr. Clarkmark is looking very sheepishly down at his book. He's like, uh, I think this is supposed to happen. Right here. God. It's supposed to happen. Alright. Um, let me see what Leon's got. Are supposed to touch the doorknob? Get him to touch the doorknob. He, he's, he, like, squints his eyes closed, squeezes them closed, and reaches forward with one finger, and touches the handle, and... <laughs> Wait, we're supposed to do the... He's gone. I All grab right, it. Huh? You guys are alone. I grab it immediately. I'm <laughs> 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 moved down. Oh, God. Do we not want to see what's down the stairs? <laughs> I know Marco Polo. Tampa's gone. Tampa's gone. It's just like it's just these two idiots. Like, what? What are they doing? Mm. And then we reach forward and have to grab it. Okay, Leon's alone. About this time, Leon, you see something crawl over one of the giant windows of the scriptorum, like, and clamber up. The hand that goes. I'll go reach for the handle too, but I want to. Uh, what can our I'm just gonna see if I can see what's down the stairs. 14 perception. It doesn't. It's you can't see anything. It goes down. You see a walkway down there. It's like oh insane. damn it! All right, fine. I'll okay. Hold <laughs> you disappear as well. All right. That is it for the first half of the Christmas 
one shot. It was an absolutely incredible time uh, for us to all to be able to play in person. And thank you for joining us, too. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, uh, head on over to our Reddit. Uh, it's just linked in the description. Um, give us a shout. Tell us you enjoyed what you're hearing. Uh, and if you really like it, uh, if you want to get all of our episodes a week early, head over to the Patreon, also linked in the description. Thank you for listening. Uh, tell a friend about us. Uh, and if you really, really want to help us out, head over to Spotify, Apple, drop us a good review. It really helps us, uh, helps people find out about us. But uh, join us next time for the second half of the Christmas one-shot as uh, Blaze, Tamp, uh, Leon, and Polo uh, continue on their bizarre mission in the Undercity. But thank you very much, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.